We are the creators of reality. Those who have mastered perseverance, those who thrive despite attempts to thwart us, those who make magic at the root of the very trees they hung us from. We are the mountains and the rivers. We are the sun and the moon. We are sand and gems. We are the first and the final. We be big and small. We be light and dark. We be seasoned and youthful. We be sensual and sacred. Those gifted and divine. Those powerful and radical. Those vibrant and ancestral. We are the creators of reality. We are the Black Oasis. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Oasis podcast. I'm your host, Kaya Supreme, and this is the place where we lay it all down. Today's guest is a dynamic, ebullient, profoundly wise, sage of truth, <laughs> loving, healing. He is Come hilarious. Come on. <laughs> witty. He is phenomenal. He is inspirational. Oh, thank you. He is all of the things, you know, I kind of get sidetracked in my intros, but I have to tell a little story. So I brought in the new year with this phenomenal brother here. Yeah. And when I say, I think it was the first time we probably really had an in-depth conversation. We've met in passing, but it was the first time that we had a really in-depth conversation. And I was just immediately like, this is my friend. Yes. He don't have to agree, but we're here. We're here. We're here with it. And next thing you know, I slid in the face we the Facebook and all that. So listen, and now he is in the oasis and he is family yeah. forever. So, ladies, gentlemen, non-gender conforming friends, I introduce to you a, a dynamic singer, the great. Yeah. The wonderful Raheem. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank How you. How you be? I am well. I'm even better now that I'm like in your presence. Like, and I don't mean that as like lip service. I mean it's just I got on a second ago and it was like seeing your face and feeling your energy. It's like ah, it was it imbued me with something, so I feel good. 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 Well, why don't you just tell the saints a little bit about who you be, a little bit of your background. Um, Yeah. So I am, um, I am. uh, Some of the things that I carry (laughs) is that, um, you know, I'm a son of a preacher, son of a singer, um, uh, you know, like healing work, thinking, intellectualism on my mom's side and like that preaching funny social all that stuff on my dad's side and also the social and funny stuff on my mom's side too so I got like a double dose and um I am a healer um and again these are just things that I carry you know these are just labels to kind of get people to zero in on the work that I do I am a singer creative artist I write um I like to play. I am very silly, uh, but also very. Um, I'm not. I'm not as serious as I am. Like um, focused. Like when I get focused on a thing, um, mm-hmm. I still find space to be silly. But you know, I can be very focused. Um, and I am um, a questioner. Like I question uh, the ways that we're expected and like kind of uh, just 
like the assumptions that people make about the way that we should show up in the world and in society. I've always been like that, even as a child, I just was a questioner, like, and not in a, so much as a confrontational way, but just yeah. in a, yeah, just an inquisitive, inquisitive. like, wonder, mm-hmm. yeah, I just wonder like, why, why is this that, that way? Or why do we do this? Or why? And I've always been that way. So I have story after story of like conversations that I would have with my dad when I was little. My dad would be like, sir, this is just the way that it is. <laughs> you know, like I really ain't got nothing for you, but this is what we're doing at this moment. <laughs> I know that's so, right. Yeah. That's right. And so, like, how did you get into singing? You know, how did you find yourself there? How'd you, how'd you even discover that you could sing? Really funny story. My cousin Kenya, he is maybe about, I don't know, maybe eight or nine years older than me. Um, and I remember we used to go to this church called Christian Faith Center. Um, and we would sit in the back of the, the van. And I just I just had, a, of course, an attraction to to music and, like, trying to do things that I heard. But I remember he would like take me under his wing and like teach me certain things. So he'd be like, do this. And I remember the first thing that he ever taught me was um, there was a song, I forget who it was. I think it was like Commissioned or one of those like old school R- uh, R&B-ish gospel groups. Mm-hmm. And he was teaching me to sing, if God is for us. And I remember I just used to like try to do that. If God is for us. And he would like teach me like, he'd be like, uh not right there. Then I like do it over, do it over, do it over. So that was my first, literally, like my first experience of like, like being, again, being focused on like, maybe I can do this or maybe I like, you know, and like really being, um, I guess the world will be like, um, like something like internally was prompting me to like really work on this, like work on yeah. this. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was with my cousin Kenya that I really found out that like I could sing. Shout out to Kenya. Yeah. I mean, like, it's I just okay so like guest after guest I just love how they talk about how their community supported them in finding their gift and and, and a, and a yes. skill or uh, um, you know something they get to offer the world and you know the premise of Black Oasis is that when Black people are operating in their gifts collectively we create a haven a paradise a cold drink of water in a desert land for each other mm-hmm. and so when you think about your own specific oasis. What is something that you feel like has to be a part of it in order for it to be paradise for you? Hmm. The first thing that comes to mind is nurturing, mothering. I have to, Mm -hmm. like, I have to feel mama. I have to feel that breast that I got to feel that, like, (laughs) I have to, (laughs) I got to feel mama. It has to be somewhere. Like, I'm going to get it from somebody. It may not be my actual biological mama. It may be a male. It may be a non-gender conformist somebody. I'm going to get me some mothering. Um, And um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with my cousin, Damien, who um, is like one of my favorite humans on the earth. And so we were talk. I was talking about how, you know, if I had a different experience with my mother's, like, I guess kind of like growing up with them. Cause you know, I have a, a really interesting story with all of that. I said, I will be a mama's boy. I really do think that I would be like somebody who's like always close to her and doing what she want me to do. And, you know, so, so a part of my, and I, and I, we were also giving thanks for the fact that, my mom is who she is because it it, it kind of gave me enough uh, proxim, proximal distance from my mom to be able yeah. to really explore the part of me that is a questioner, that is a rebel. Because probably with that mom, I would be a little bit more like, you know, unwilling to explore, you know, the, 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 the uh, fringes and the possibilities of how I can show up in this world. So it's also like this blessing that my mom gave me. 
Um, and I was, you know, just finding the blessing in that experience. But like your mothering is something I have to have in my oasis. Should I go on or should, is that? Is, oh, you please. Listen, we, we kicks it. Okay. There is okay. no, not to monitor your time or nothing. Whatever it will be, will be. And it's all okay. well. And so another thing in my oasis, I have, I, I feel like that I would have to have is like playfulness, that playfulness, you know, even I find with partners, that's something that I like really, you know, seek or, or look for. Like, can we play? Yeah. Can we laugh? Can I joke with you? Can you, do you take yourself too seriously? Right. Because like in this world or in, in these world systems and in um, the way I find myself, like being, again, being expected to show up, the assumptions that people place on me, all that stuff, because I'm in this body, it mm-hmm. can be, I can do it. I can navigate. I can do all that stuff. But then it's like, it's just good to come back to a place where I can be silly and funny and mm-hmm. joke and like just like unravel in that way. Um, I think also um, brother, br- like brother, sister, like that siblingness mm-hmm. needs to be in my oasis. Like um, I love women and I love relating to women. And I love like when I'm in a space with all women and I'm the one that's expected to like take out the trash and, you know, like <laughs> I like I like that feeling, you know? So like, you know, and, and I had that a lot with my sister, so maybe that's why I like it so much. Yeah. But I, I um I found that to also maybe in the ways that I was femme shamed as a child, that's where my psyche like kind of attached to place of like I can be masculine this way, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um so mm-hmm. it feeds a little bit of that ego need. Um Yeah. Yeah. Um and so that's some good <laughs> self awareness. I mean, I, I support it. <laughs> yes. And so um, that, like having women that I can serve is important to me. Um, so I guess I'll say it like that. Um, and um, like, yeah, childlikeness, children, like just some somewhere I could just like see a human just not being encumbered by these, again, these social expectations, of just being and being mm-hmm. a mess and like not being concerned with like what people are feeling about it. That's also really um, important to... Cause, uh, to, to, to come back to, because again, I'm thinking of this like metaphor um, of the Oasis as like you go out and then you come back to it or you travel and then it's just there, you know? So I'm, I'm not more so thinking of it as like a travel and you get to it more as like a, I go out and I come back to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that that's something that I really enjoy. Yeah, you know, I mean, I always, I like to think about like, you know, um, especially like growing up, um, in the DMV personally, or then visiting family members, whether it be in the South or the Midwest, that's where the majority of my family is, you know, elders would always have, you know, some to drink or a little jar full of cookies or, you know, them, them little strawberry pieces of candy yeah. that you go in their house and you got like, and so to me, I was like, look, you know, when you outside playing all day, you don't care. You're not thinking about no, you know, no water, no, you right. know, how, you're just playing. You're just in these, but those moments where he's like, come inside, just sit down for a second and have a glass yes. of water. Yes. You know, that's yes. actually keeping us going, us sustaining. And, you know, so that's what I hope that this, this platform does for people, especially the people who are on it. Because if I ask you to be on this, it's because, number one, I think you contribute already mm. to the oasis that we have. But then mm. I also want to fill you up. And I also want you to leave mm. here, you Thank know, you. feeling loved and supported and honored because you're worth it. Yes, um, yes. And so you you mentioned earlier that you were a healer, right? And there are many, many different modalities of healing. 
And so how does yours show up? How does your contribution to a healing space manifest? Um, understanding. I think one of the things that, I'm re- that I've really been blessed with is like to be able to see people, not agree, not necessarily like it ain't my thing, but like really hold space for like how people can show up. Um, I think healer is a bit, you know, it can be a bit problematic for me sometimes again, but that's just the word that like kind of most easily get, you know, it, it, it it's an easy way to get people to connect with like, I guess what I'm doing. Yeah. But I think so, so, so that's one way is I just offer understanding, I offer a level of understanding and I offer like touch. Like, I mean, I've been told all my life that your hugs are just so, it just like gives me so much. And, you know, even before I, you know, thought of myself as a healer, I mean, we're talking about middle school, you know, mm-hmm. um, I remember I have a story in particular. I remember this uh, white boy, he was like resource insecure, came from a very resource insecure uh, family. He would come to school with like dirty clothes and stuff like that. And I remember people would say stuff about him and I just kind of like felt for him. I didn't like that, you know? And so I remember um, just some, I don't know, it just came out the blue. I was like, every day I'm going to give him a hug. Every day I'm going <laughs> to give him a hug. And so I just remember like being, you know, in, in. I mean, this had to be like third grade, third or fourth grade. And I just would always give him a hug. And I remember one day he was like, I really, he was real country. I really like when you hug me. And I was like, okay. like. <laughs> so, you know, it's like. Even that young, it was just like something in me that just wanted to balance, you know, and like give him just a little bit of something to just be like, there's somebody in your immediate vicinity that's okay with you. Like, it's okay, you know, Um, being resource, you know, insecure is not a fault. It's nothing wrong with that, you know. And so, um, yeah, that that, those that's one of the first memories I had of like this, this. Um, inclination to try to do something to make somebody feel comfortable in a space where they felt uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know, I, I had a, I had a roommate um, who also, he was just very hands-on, right? You know, now I've personally experienced um, sexual assault in my life, right? Okay. And so touch was a really um, challenging area for me to be in, even with people that I love and adore, it'd be like, you know, to no. this day, I, I still have to like, make sure, you know, sometimes I do just to be funny and I'm just deflecting, but, you know, I do have to be mindful of like, you know, uh, I need that. You know, I was a nanny for 15 years, so I would just, and then when I stopped, I really found myself missing the hugs that I would get from the kids. All, I mean, because every every day I would get like maybe three or four, like, or they would just be hanging on for hours, you know, like it's just, and so, you know, we really take that for granted. You know, I know that when we're born, you know, children, babies do not survive without, you know, um, having that skin to skin contact. Absolutely. You know, the way that a baby will bond with daddy is to lay on daddy's chest. Absolutely. And they have volunteers who literally give their time to simply nurture and touch babies who do not have parents present um, that have recently been born. So kudos to you. How like how and, and, and let's be clear, you are a black man. So. How did you negotiate that space with knowing that you have, you know, a gift that you would love to give away that feeds you and you know that feeds other people and then not because you are stigmatized, right? right. How do you how did you navigate that space where it's like, I'ma touch you <laughs> and but, it's not gonna be sexual, right. you know, like right. that right. part, you know. Um, 
I mean, I'm just saying it's a privilege. No, and this is not to be. I don't. I don't. I try not to be racially charged. I want to focus on black people, but I also want to acknowledge the truth that that could have that that have been 1920. You know, and you saw a white boy that was. You know, that could have gone differently. Right. Right. So, like, what was your experience with knowing that you have this and navigating that gift in this in this world? You know, I think that there is a subtle and like kind of like embodied, like, like knowing that we have. Right. So like yep. I, and then, I, you know, like so like maybe sometimes I would make sure it's OK. Right. Like I'm just not like, oh, I'm just going to hug you. You know, it's like <laughs> maybe we have a conversation and like yeah. I see that you I see that you're at least nice, maybe, or you just feel good. And then maybe it might start with just like me touching you and like while I'm talking to you and then like just seeing how much I can give to you. And then like, like also playing that negotiation when you, when you let me know, or maybe there's some nonverbal cues that it's uncomfortable, like staying away from that, you know? So it's like all of the things, right? Some of it is subconscious as well. But I think one of the things that really helped me was having a father that was a toucher. Like my dad was a, is a toucher. He is a hugger. He is a nurturer. You know, I went to my father's, um, surprise birthday party maybe about three or four years ago and it was like so emotionally like just powerful and like it just poured into me so much to see all of these men who he had met as little boys who would who were I mean man after man was saying you were the only person that ever touched me in a way that was like loving and and nurturing I had never experienced that from a from a man you know what I'm saying and so I think that that set me up like both the nurture and the nature, right? Some of it just came from the DNA, like it's in me. But then also there was a space that was nurtured and that was that 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 supported that growth in that or in that awareness. Um, well, again, maybe not conscious awareness, but like just some awareness on some level that like, you know, people really enjoyed this. Um, and you do have to work with people's boundaries and consent mm-hmm. and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, there is something that people are longing for that you can that you are able to freely give to them and um um i didn't i didn't experience as much shame around that i mean there were times where i did get in trouble with especially (laughs) going through puberty and you know like so you know some of the some of the signals were crossed you know um but i think that earlier on and then then you know more recently i have been able to hew out um and do the work of like really you know, like being clear about when I am trying to send you a signal and yeah. when I am really just like loving on you because I like I feel it like there's something that just draws me to give this to you. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? I have a lot more language to use now yeah. uh, to, again, kind of like uh, tease out, you know, when that when this space is needed or like sometimes because sometimes it's like I am attracted to I feel like I'm attracted to somebody on maybe mm-hmm. like a sexual or romantic level because like they have this like thing that draws me. Right. And mm-hmm. that's been a journey to really like know that there's certain times where I'm attracted to somebody because I'm supposed to give them something that's yes. not, it's non-sexual and it's non-romantic. Right. And um, I had, a, I actually had somebody uh, here in my space. We did a core cutting ritual the other day and we talked about our journey of like first fit, feeling like we were attracted, but then it's like, no, it's something else that we were supposed <laughs> to get. And here I am helping this brother now with like some things that he that he feels like that he came to me because he felt like he needed some support and i'm able to offer him support in a in a different way uh, and, in, and in the way that i feel like it really 
like came to me when I first met him, but then it like it kind of got crossed because the, mm-hmm. the shell was attractive and all mm-hmm. that good stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, um, growing up, I think that that really helped me it was having that father, having that home space that I could go back to. And like, and my dad didn't feel like it was weird. Like sometimes he'd be like, "Keep your hands to yourself," right? Like everybody, right? Everybody don't need all of that, but. It wasn't like don't do it in general, but just be clear about when somebody's open to that. So yeah, yeah that helped. Yeah, I mean, like I'm seeing now. First of all, if no one, anyone who follows me on social media knows that Jonathan Majors is my man. Um, <laughs> um, um, I am thoroughly attracted to people who are excellent at what they do. It has absolutely nothing to do with physical appearance and everything to do with the spirit. And I think what you are speaking of, that thing that gives you the signal, the thing that undergirds and lets you know, you know, the discernment is rooted heavily in spirituality and one's Mm -hmm. ability to connect and know the unseen and the God in the next person. So that does take maturity. It takes time. And we develop it throughout our journey. Luckily, we get exposed to things that help us hone that in. You know, I'm loving seeing like Jonathan Majors and Michael B. Jordan has done it before. But have you seen these photos of them? Just kind of... Imp- I Love live. Me. Because live. I was like, please, let the Black men be human beings. Please. please. <laughs> and, and so you are curating things that we can look out for, right? Please tell us about your touch sessions, your touch therapy, your your man-centered healing and removal of the toxic masculinity that keeps you bound. That tell us about doing what are you doing so in march on the let me get my date sorry can i get my date please get your dates we want the details we want the dates okay (laughs) in march on the 11th in ellenwood georgia um i will be hosting a male center but not male exclusive okay like all gender expressions are welcome but I really want men to know that this is a space where they can be safe and comfortable. I'll be hosting a male-centered cuddle party. And so what what we'll be doing is we'll be coming into the space. I'll have some poses that have been, you know, researched uh, by indigenous cultures, as well Mm -hmm. as, you know, U.S., United States, um, I guess, whatever you want to call it, um, to reduce you know stress to help create new neural pathways um and understandings and and associations and relationships with touch um it is consent based so if you don't want to cuddle you don't have to you can just come and enjoy um the uh i guess you could say the fringe benefits of being in the space um and you can watch people because we also get healed by watching people touch each other in a in a pleasing and loving and non-sexual way as well right absolutely so you can come in and just enjoy you can just watch like you said you got so much life from seeing michael b jordan and jonathan may just touch it literally Mm -hmm. heals and it literally helps you to rewire um and 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 send different signals to the nervous system that this is okay there's yeah. nothing alarming. Nothing's going wrong here. And so mm-hmm. uh, we'll be doing that from, um, I think it's from five to, to eight, five to eight on, okay. Saturday, on Saturday, March the 11th. And okay, I will, cool. if you follow me on social media, I will, you know, have flyers and all types of information and addresses and all that stuff. It's free. And, For the uh, free. 
it's free. <laughs> we, might, we might have some light refreshments. Um, it depends on what the gods are saying, what they're what they're releasing and precipitating down into these pockets. Amen. But <laughs> bless the pockets. Come on, rain down, rain down. <laughs> He is. I'm trying to tell y'all for real. No, seriously. So seriously. yeah, that's my love. Laughter is my love language. My dad was uh, is a comedian, and so okay, uh, okay. And that does it for me. I love to laugh. I will laugh all day. Me so, too. Me too. Can where can people find you on social media? So Raheem Kayshawn R A H E M K A S H O N. Anywhere you can Google, Google me. Dial me, beat me if you want to reach me, Kim. Possible. Um, yes. Yeah, so I'll, be, I'll be so anywhere, you know, just Raheem Keshan, uh, Instagram, Facebook is Raheem Kweku, but you can find me. You can also link through all of the things that Keshan. Where did, where did Kweku come from? Kweku is because I am born on Ukweada, which is Wednesday. It's an Ashanti name, it's, it's called the Okradin. So it's it's um it's built around this this cultural like thing that um Ashantis do. So when the baby first is born, it's called the spirit is called Hohuo, which means like a visitor. And after mm-hmm. eight days, they say that the that the the baby's um here to stay. And so eight days will be the exact day that you were born on. And so then you get your cradi and your soul gets a name to stay here. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. Listen here. I like that. I actually yeah. know a family who uh, who has done that with their children um, yeah. here, and um, and it has been a mighty, mighty blessing to see the way that that child uh, attaches to that name and walks in. And shout out to Chioma Narcisse Williams, good God, drugs. Okay. Um, yes. So you have an EP that we can expect in the twenty twenty three. Yeah, please tell us about. You know, what goody goody gumdrops that <laughs> you're gonna rain down on the Saints. Come on, come on. There will be a rain. Come on, get your get your boots. Get your boots. Get your, get your boots. So <laughs> I'm thinking the working name as I'm recording the music. I recorded some of it maybe about a year ago, but as I'm like recording, you know, it, it'll probably be like a five to seven song EP. The working name uh is church i'm working with church right now uh, because i have a song when they're called church and the concept of church is that i am a place my body my my physical body is a place where god can be accessed and be worshipped right where i'm i'm a drop of water from the great big ocean and so um some of the lyrics go um my god we're back here again i felt i had fallen astray but you met me here again like this on this side of town who knew that this was a place where you could be found Mm. um and so that's just a little snippet just saying that like all all of these places are sacred all of this stuff is sacred and um it's also profane it's the duality it's it's all (laughs) of it so um and so while certain you know religious you know theologies and ideologies focus on the profane part and how you're not worthy and how you're separate from god or whatever I really wanted to, you know, offer that um, we're worthy and we are pieces and vestiges 
of uh, this consciousness that has come as this being that's Rahim. And this is church. Like this is, this is church. You know what? I'm excited. I'm excited. We have to, we have to come back and then talk because when it's time to release yes. your, your press run, I need to be in that number. Okay. Um, okay. So we ask everyone on Black Oasis the same question. <clears throat> we close out with the same question, which is, if you could have one wish come true tomorrow, go to sleep, wake up, blink your eyes, snap your fingers, nod your head, whatever, and you wake up and this reality is manifested. If your one wish could come true for Black people, what would it be? Mm. Mm. I mean, oof. That's a... That's a... <laughs> I love that question! <laughs> ah, you know, I... I... I think that it will be that people are the the tethers that people have to this consciousness or this like um these ideological like things that we've been fed in the western world and in the I mean honestly in the world at large that we were really cut free that people yeah. were really cut free and people really sought to remember their foreparents' languages and sought to remember, you know, mm. um, the ways that they lived on this planet, um, made harmony and peace and pacts and contracts with this planet. And um, like, yeah, like really sought to, really sought to divorce from uh, a lot of the social um, programs, if you will. Yeah that yeah. keep us in bondage because a lot of it people have agreed to like, and we continue mm-hmm. to agree to it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The comfort of the, <laughs> the comfort, it does provide a comfort. I mean, we know, we know yeah, there's some things that, that do not serve us, but there are some things that don't serve us that we don't mind. So, mm-hmm. well, um, as I tell everyone, I believe your wish will come true. Thank I you. think uh, we are definitely seeing um, people become more uh, conscious and, and awake and aware, even if it is pseudo, even if they are just playing with language and yeah, yeah, on the trends. Do it, do it, do it, do, do it. it, do it. Do you it. know, you know, if you're if you're if you are using the word woke, great. I hope that you initiate the life path that comes along with that title. Absolutely. And um, I believe that we manifest our reality with the things that we say. So declare a child. Be woke. Be um, woke. Be woke. Well, I just want to thank you for blessing the Oasis with your presence. Thank you for Thank you for me. living and choosing a life that uh, is not selfish. Thank you for being selfless. Thank you for being intentional and concerned about the state of Black people. And thank you for taking a risk and loving on Black men, even if they don't know that they need it and don't know that they want it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for singing us into the heavens. Thank you for all that you do. And thank you, like, for thank you just for blessing me because you just, every time. Every time. Every time. You bless me too. And thank you. I want to say thank you. I want to, like, just... uh, I know that this is, you know, a platform to pour into me and to, into all the people. But I <laughs> want to say, like, I really do. Uh, again, not lip service, but I really do appreciate your energy, and I really appreciate, like, the reflection that you give me 
um, as it relates to holding space. Like, because I feel like that's something that you also do. And that's where, that's one of the places where we see each other. Like you hold space with people. And I feel like that there is a part of you too, that like can zero in on people who need it, places that need it, spaces that need it and offer that. So I, I see you, I really do. I see you and I thank you. Well, thank God. Cause that's yes. what, that's what we're doing. Thank God. That's okay? it. That's it. Well, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to yet another installation of Black Oasis. Continue to support us uh, at Black Oasis ATL on Instagram and Facebook and the YouTube. Okay, the YouTube. I have to I have to remember to say this is the first season where there's been video footage. So come on, come on, this is a, it's a new thing. Come on, moving a, on up to the east side. What's <laughs> Come on. Take us to church. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's right. All right, love. Well, thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time, stay black, but you don't really have a choice, and lucky you. Peace. <laughs>